What's up, bench warmers? Welcome back to episode 95 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Plato, Nico Bryant. I bet you guys missed us. I know we missed our episode that we had planned on Friday. Scheduling issue happened, but we got plenty of recap and news to catch it all up for you. We'll make up for it. We have an episode planned for Friday following game four of the Stanley Cup finals and previewing game five. Plus, there's a lot of uh, other news. The NBA draft will be going on uh, or have gone on by that point. So a lot of different news topics, different leagues that we'll take looks at. We talk about Sean Watson, the Live Golf Tour as well in this episode. So we, we touch on all bases, but we obviously spend a, a good amount of time talking about the three games of the Stanley Cup final so far. The Avalanche with a 2-1 series lead in the Stanley Cup final, two wins away from hoisting Lord Stanley for the first time since 2001. We had on our uh, resident Tampa experts with the We The Thunder podcast last week. We appreciate everybody who checked that out so far. That episode's been blowing up. And if you watched us on their show or if you're listening from the We The Thunder podcast, thank you for checking us out. You're not going to enjoy when we talk about the Stanley Cup final, but hopefully you guys can look past that and uh, continue to rock with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, rate five stars, leave a review, all of that good stuff. And uh, tell a friend to check us out as well. But, Nick, the Cup's in the building. I mean, there's not much else that we need to talk about right now. Cup's yeah, I'm, about, I'm, I'm about to be LeBron looking at that sucker. Oh, man. I just, come on home. Come on. I just want to hold you. I just want to touch you. I just want to kiss you. That, that, come that on. Made, yeah, come on. That was a little weird, Jamie. No pause on that, buddy. <laughs> no pause. No pause. what's up bench warmers i know you missed us on friday we had a scheduling issue it didn't work out that's what you get when you're trying to schedule with uh, people two time zones away peter was not able to make our our scheduled time so nico and i decided if if we weren't going to be able to bring you ptv sports network (laughs) And bring you that kind of heat after follow. We needed something to follow up with the Thunder if we were going to drop two that week. And uh, I don't think that we were going to be able, as much as I think we are good at this thing now that we've been doing it for a couple of years, I, I, it would have been tough to follow up that episode. That was a banger absolutely, last week. Absolutely. absolutely yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, was, I was in Tampa last week. If you listened to the first half or so or however long the episode was um of that i was in tampa during that i was recording while we were on while i was on the beach so i was having a little bit of fun with that but yeah it's it's a it's been it, it, it's it's it was an absolute big episode and, and it makes sense because they they got some good dudes over there yeah it's a great show they had uh, uh i jumped on and was commenting on there because they said we we needed to come back on after the avalanche lose a game in the series so i jumped on and was commenting on their show a little bit back and forth uh really appreciate those guys coming on and then having us on it was fun going after game one i was glad we got the overtime winner and didn't have to deal with because as, as uh homer i don't know if you listen to them but as homerish as they were with me it would have been 10 times as bad if they would have won game one in overtime, but we're, we're not going to, we'll save the actual Stanley cup final talk for later on that series still in effect. We will be back on Friday because we have to be able to cover uh, whatever is going to happen in game four and preview game five for you guys. But we're going to talk about the NBA finals before we get to that. want to make sure you guys remember follow at FEOTB pod. We actually have a couple new ratings. We're going to give out one uh, this week. So be sure to keep leaving those five-star ratings and reviews. We will read your comment on the podcast, and we will shout you out. So here we go. Our most recent five-star review 
Uh, it's titled Much Listen from the North underscore 12. It said it's a unique show because the hosts actually know each other, but both have a wealth of football and betting knowledge. Love it. A must listen every time a new episode drops. So oh, my betting knowledge isn't that great, if I'm being honest with you, but um, hopefully I've won some people money by, by people not listening to me, but I'll take it. Maybe when we make our, our next round of shirts, we should make fade Nico shirts or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, you hit, uh, hey, we said it. We talked about it. You were on a, you hit a streak. We've also hit slumps on this show. I, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a slump right now. And I'm hope if the abs win and Kim McCarr gets the, uh, 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 Con Smythe, uh, I'll have 300 bucks. So it'll be, it'll be the second biggest win of my career. Obviously, second behind that Scotty Shuffer win. But yeah, no. <laughs> I'm I'm up for my biggest win so far. And that's the abs. I, I took their future win. I put down 65 bucks, which is all the money I had left in our account of our former sponsor of this show. And I put that all down on the Avalanche to win. I think it like plus 325 at that point of the season. It was when they were on their hot streak, but kind of cooling off. And uh, I think I got 345 on the line for that one. So put in 68, possible three, 355 win or something like that. Um, yeah, that's going to be a little bit more difficult now. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Uh, but the, the, the Boston Celtics, uh, let's, let's talk about this because it's kind of an interesting story. Like we can mirror this to a possibility, I'll say, for a couple of before the teams in the Stanley Cup finals. But Boston, they end up stealing away game one in a game that everybody said if it were for the fourth quarter, they probably should have lost. We were talking about it. They didn't ever play a great game. They had different pieces go off at different times, but they never played a great team game. And the one thing about the Golden State Warriors all the way through their playoff run was that they played team basketball. You said it. Nobody runs as much as these guys. Nobody's able to run as much and keep up with these guys. And and after Steph, it was kind of, you know, you noticed the series was coming towards some sort of conclusion when Steph had that massive game and just decided that he wasn't going to let the Warriors go down 3-1 and tied the series back up at 2-2. The Warriors never lost a game after that in the series. So that's, that's where you see the tipping point. Um other than pieces not firing all at the same time, was there any other drastic thing that Boston could have done to, to try and help them secure this championship? Because people were saying it was after game one, people thought that the Warriors were in trouble and they just stayed the course. I, I knew what was going to happen. I mean, look, I, I picked Boston to win the series because I didn't, I didn't want Golden State to win. That's the only reason why I did that way, but Golden State ended up winning because I, I – and to be completely honest with you, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the playoffs with the Nuggets when they when they faced the Nuggets. This is this was the one of the title contenders. There was no doubt about it being one of the title contenders and the team to beat probably in the West. And the reason because of that was because you have one of the greatest point guards of all time. I can confidently put that in his in, 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 in his bio. It, it, he is by far and away, if not if not the greatest. I will put him at least top three at minimum. I will put him above anyone you can you can name outside of possibly Magic Johnson. That's the only other name that I would say he's probably not on the same level. But what he has done throughout his whole career, what he's done, he is look. The Warriors were were a franchise for so long that that, that were good in the in the, like the sixties with, with Chamberlain and, and all these other uh, all all these other guys when they were San Francisco uh, Warriors. Um, but but now Seth Curry has revitalized this this franchise out of the gutter when it, back in two thousand nine when they drafted him at eighth overall or seventh overall whatever it was and just been the guy literally the guy not only on the team but in the league there's things that he, he does that are just unbelievable um but to go back to your point 
the the thing that 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 just really really made, was a turning point here was when when times got tough, Boston t- t- seemed to shrivel up. And Golden State seemed to get just so much stronger. That's exactly how it went. When, when, when Boston got up to Leeds, Golden State never panicked. Steph Curry never panicked. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, who, had, who, who earned himself a fat paycheck this summer. Let's put it that way. Earned himself a fat paycheck. Never fell under pressure. And when Boston was down, they were down. And they were done for. That's how it was. I mean, look, this, this six-man rotation or eight-man rotation they, they ran – with 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 uh with obviously their core four and a Looney Payton and Poole off the bench, they just came out and just came out swinging, like 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 Boston just had no answers in my opinion. Tatum was trying to do way too much and he turned the ball over way too much. That that was that was the difference between um, Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami and Boston in this series against Golden State. You can tell their legs were tired. You can tell they were not mentally ready to go a full six seven games of this team. As the series gets longer against Golden State, they get better. Absolutely. It may you may pop them in the mouth one first two games, but when you get to game five, six, or seven, and two of those three games are, are more than likely in Golden State, you're gonna be running into problems. And yeah. Boston just did not know how to respond the correct way. Because when like I said, when they were down, they were down. It was no it was no look turning back. They completely shot their wide. They had a good game three, the first game that they had in Boston. They ended up winning, but it was just never a time where they took control and held on to the to control. And that was kind of their whole playoff run, except for the sweep of Brooklyn. Other than that, they struggled mightily with teams that you said they probably shouldn't have. And in all honesty, the Celtics team is probably a year ahead of schedule. This was the team that was supposed to go to the finals learn the tough lesson and lose to a team that's been established and been there before, even with this being the worst Warriors team that has won a championship in their recent mini dynasty series. Any of these other Golden State teams, even if you want to throw out the ones with KD, all of those Golden State teams beat this team and beat them soundly. I think it's probably a sweep if those Warriors play these Warriors. It's a, it's a dumb scenario to put out there, but it is something that we have to talk about because, yeah, Boston wasn't really ready, but that didn't matter because the Warriors had the engine still. Didn't all work the same. It was like driving an old Ferrari at this point. Clay Thompson isn't the defender that he was coming back out off the ACL, but he can still drop buckets when he needs to. And yeah, Curry decided to go off for 47 and 34 in two of those four wins. That's an automatic two game lead for Golden State. And that's what it ended up being. Winners in six. Yeah, Curry decided uh, this is this is this is look those other years those are KD's turn to win one. That first year it was against LeBron. We were the underdogs. Whatever, cool. You had the seventy three and nine season. Now obviously you lose a three one lead. Then the KD years come. But this one is all on number three, Stephen Curry. Sorry, number thirty, Stephen Curry. That's all. It's all on Steph. He yeah. took this team on his back, and look the in, in the not only in game adjustments. It, we talk about in game adjustments all the time, and coaches that are so good with it. There's coaches that are just so good with in series adjustments that separates the men from, from men from the children. And Steve Kerr does an incredible job with that. Talk about Draymond Green, who was horrendous the first three four games of the series. He was he had more fouls than points at one point in the series. He comes out game game. Game five, game six, and just puts up a, a defensive masterpiece on Jason Tatum. Makes Tatum li- life a living hell, basically. He says, you know what? I just need to play my game. I don't, he's trying to do too much. He's trying to be, be, be a bully. When in reality, you're already mentally stronger than these guys. 
They're not mentally stronger. You just have to beat them in ways they're not ready for. That's exactly what Draymond Green does. And I mean, talk about production-wise. Jalen Brown is a guy that will be a star in this league for a lot of years. If you're Jason Tatum, you put up you put up 11 points in game one. You barely won that game. I said I said it. I, I said it earlier. If the Celtics are going to win the series, Tatum cannot be putting up those numbers. You put up 13 in a closeout game at home. Never going to get it done. Absolutely never going to get it done. And looking at this this box box score, minus 26 off the bench for Derek White. Look, Derek White, CU guy, had a pretty good postseason. But your 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 bench does that. And those two are trying to keep up with with um Jordan the pool party over there and Gary Payton. That's just gonna be a living nightmare for those guys. And if you're Boston, you have to get depth. You have to see what you get from Nate Smith because Nate Smith, in my opinion, is going to be that next guy, um, next backup point guard for this team and be the guy coming off the bench. And it, it, it's going to be some questions marks on that bench, obviously, because there's no doubting your starting five can be can match up with anybody in the league. <laughs> but when you get to your bench, what is what is what is that going to be? Because Golden State was, was running six man, seven man rotations all series long because they know. If you have one of Clay, Draymond, or Steph on the floor, that is going to be outmatch anything that Boston can put on the bench. And right now, you can't take Tatum and Brown off the off the floor together and hope that you're going to win. That's exactly what happened. Look, I am not doubting Boston is an absolutely incredible team. I still, I'm still so high on Tatum's game, so high on Jalen Brown's game. I think Marcus Parr is one of the most underrated players in the league, but. The factor in of Golden State just wanting it more and Udoku, the coach for Boston, being unexperienced in the finals, that's what that's what will do for you. And look, yeah. Udoku was a great coach throughout the whole playoffs. But when it came down to the finals, Steve Kerr outworked him. Well, here's the stat that I saw earlier today. Steve Kerr has won 24% of the NBA finals since, I think, 1995. That's as a player and a coach. He's now up to nine total. I think he's – He's probably only trailing like Phil Jackson or something for NBA championships. One, he he, he, had, he had six with the Bulls, I think. Maybe it was five. He had one with I San Antonio, tied, right? No, I'm not sure if he was there every single year with the Bulls, but I think he at least had four or five. Then he had the one with San Antonio with with Duncan and Robinson um, at the at the at the at the end of his career. And then obviously now he has the four as a coach. So so talk about a guy that look. What he what what he saw with Jordan, what he saw with Scottie Pippen, he exactly translated this to Steph and the likes of KD when they had him. He instilled his instilled that winning mentality in this team and said, "Look, they can they may they may get some shots in. Everybody gets their shots in, but the other day they don't have the guys. They don't have the guys. They don't have what we have. They're not ready for what we have." Yeah, here's a for his playing championships. It was 96, 97, 98, 99. 2003. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, there's so that was the four. So he's part of the four with. Oh, he was a, four. Yeah, he was in one of the four peats in Chicago. And then. Uh, there was no four peats. There yeah, must have but, been a weird year. But yeah, yeah. The, he won four with Chicago. And then uh, the one in 2003 that you said with the Spurs and now four as the Warriors head coach. So he does have nine. Uh, and then Phil, Phil Jackson. Bill Russell see. has 11 rings, so that won't probably ever be touched. Phil has 10 or 11, I'm almost positive, because I'm pretty sure they made a whole thing when he won his last one with the Lakers with like 10 or something like that. Phil Jackson won two as a player, so it goes Phil Jackson 13, Bill Russell 11, Tommy Hen- Henson 10. 
Uh, and then I, I've watched a lot of basketball. I don't know who Tommy Henson is. So I, he must be like I, the coach of the Celtics when they no. were playing against three other teams and winning championships all then. But Phil Jackson does have the all-time record at 13, which is insane. I forgot that he won those championships with New York as a player. That was that was one of the cool tidbits, one of the only NBA facts that I picked up on watching uh, the Last Dance. And it was oh, uh, Phil was a pretty decent ball player too. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I didn't realize how big he was. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's tall. watching it. I remember going. To, I mean, going to Lakers games and Lakers versus Nuggets games as a kid. And Phil Jackson literally was about a foot taller than everyone on the bench. It was funny. You could see. You could look down the Lakers bench and you see him just towering over everybody. It was. It was. It was, it was honestly hilarious watching it. But yeah, yeah. no. I I, I want to get back to the Steve Kerr thing because, like I said. He, he knew exa- knows exactly what to get out of his guys. Draymond Green fills that Scottie Pippen role absolutely. Steph Curry is your, if you want to compare it to him, is your Michael Jordan in an essence. That is the guy that, that he's going to come in, do the dirt, come in, be the star player, get all the attention. Clay Thompson is a Scottie Pippen. There's your one, two, three punch. It's almost like Steve Kerr drew it up perfectly like that when he, when he got this team from Mark Jackson back in 2013, 2012, whatever it was. He know this team perfectly, and look, there's no, there's no doubting this this dynasty. There's zero doubting this dynasty at all. It's unfortunate because the Warriors fans can be annoying, the Boston fans can be just as annoying. So, so I, it was a uh, Spider-Man meme. I don't, want, I don't like you. I don't like you. I guess I'll like you for now. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say on the series before we move on? I want to talk about the NBA playoffs as a whole because we mentioned it throughout, but. I have the stats in front of me, so we can talk about that a little bit more in depth. Unless you have something else, yeah. I, I look. I don't. I, Golden State is going to be a much different looking team next year, in my opinion. You have Jordan Poole, who's a free agent. You have Andrew Wiggins, who's a free agent. Both those guys are going to get bags. You're going to have. You're going to have your core there. Looney is a free agent as well. We'll see what Looney is going to look like. Absolutely, see what he does. Um, uh, but if, if you're them, you got James Wiseman, this number two overall pick two years ago to step in the lineup. This Warriors team, I think they're looking to retool, absolutely looking to retool. Um, it's interesting because, like I said, a lot of the bench pieces may not be there next year. And then again, you got Kaminga, you got Moses Moody on the bench that could be those next two forwards, wing guys that have been following in the footsteps of these guys. So it could be it could be a rerun of the, of the dynasty. I don't think they'll go back-to-back. If I was a betting man, I would not bet my money on Golden State go back-to-back. But – who knows with this team? They're going to have to get significantly better, but this is a team that's been able to draft well and develop the players also because Clay and Steph were two guys that they drafted. And, they and Draymond, yeah. And Draymond, and they developed them into the well-oiled machine that they are. Um, let's, let's talk about these NBA playoffs as a whole. First round, you have the one sweep. Oh, no series goes seven. You only have one, two, three series in total go the full seven-game distance. And most of these games, we talked about it, were blowouts. And you knew who was going to win by about the end of the, the second quarter because whatever team was up, that was what was going to stay and nobody was making a comeback unless you were talking about Memphis with Ja and then John went down and it was just easy pickings from there. But what it, now that you've seen it all, you've had a few – because this is a little bit after the, the finals have ended. We've had some time to decompress about the season. I, thought, I think it was a good season. I think they pulled ratings. It was no – it was still an entertaining regular season, but these playoffs lack something. And I, yeah. I can't put my finger on what it was. I think it's the lack of competition in the games. But what, what did you see? You obviously know a little bit more what you're looking at than I am. Well, watching these playoff games, the, the, the era of, of 
taking nights off is just is upon us. That's the best way to put it. If you're injured, if you have a stubbed toe, this was five, six, seven years ago, even eight, ten years ago. That that shit, you're playing through it. It doesn't matter if you can walk, you can run. If you can run, you can you can step on the floor. That's all the mentality was. And and look, you, I, I look back on this. I'm looking back like, look, if you're John Morant, unless you are completely broken, you should be playing every single game in the playoffs because you hurt your team and, and probably the most contested series Golden State had all playoffs long was against your Memphis Grizzlies. You're talking all this mess on Twitter and all this kind of stuff, and you were the guy who probably should have played through his injury. We talk about hockey guys fighting through everything. And look, it's a completely different sport. Football guys do the exact same thing. To get to the championship, you everyone's hurting. Everyone's banged up. It doesn't it, – it's, it's, everyone has something going on. No you got one two guys with broken himself. fingers that had surgery and are looking to come back within two weeks of that. Exactly. So, like, everyone is dealing with something. If you, and look, I look at I look at Jimmy Butler taking off those games against Boston, those games against the first series when Miami played. I mean, we are look, we are in the in the, in the era of of laying dead when you when, when you get shot. That's the best way of putting it. There's no getting up. If you get down by a big lead, look, the Nuggets. I, I, we 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 like to say bubble the bubble run is the start of something great. But one thing about that team was that they never said die. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't name enough teams in the playoffs this year that said when they got down by 15, 20 points in the second quarter, third quarter, and they got a shot of coming back, except for one team, and that was that would be Golden State, and look what happened. Yeah. Golden State was the one team when they got down, they had that Golden State type of third quarter happen, and they would run it up and just run you off the floor to a point where you were into submission. Basically, that's and look what happened to them. They became the champions. That's because they, they've been there, done that. These teams are mentally weak, players are mentally weak. I don't know what it is, I have no idea what it is, but but I mean, there's gonna have to be some changes to, to either the schedule to, to the way play, things have been playing. I, I don't know, I, I don't know, but but to, in my opinion, look, we are a Colorado based show. I'm not going to fucking lie to you and say that we both have not watched much. I watched a lot of it, but we both did not pay attention to any of this because of what the abs are doing with hockey. But as a guy that watches basketball religiously every other, every night, doesn't matter if it's my team or not, it's, it's got it. I don't know if the products level four has got to be better or what it's got to be. And maybe it's the media and they got to stop going after these guys and making it mentally weak. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. I'm just spitballing here. But man, it, this is look, those teams from the 2010s, those teams from the 2000s would smoke every single one of these teams that mm-hmm. won, won ships. These Spurs teams would roll through all of these teams. Those, those prime heat teams that have a Bronze D-Wade Bosch would roll through these teams. They are like every single one. Doesn't look the team that was the quote unquote most or the two teams that were quote unquote most talented super teams uh, were, were Brooklyn, who had Harden uh at the beginning of the year, Harden, Durant, and, and Kyrie Irving. What happened to them? They didn't even they, they were gone in seven days, eight days, whatever it was, gone in eight days. It was four, like 10 because the NBA, adios. But, yeah. Anyway, adios. The other super team, Russ, Anthony Davis, LeBron, they didn't even make the play-in game. 
And, and, and you look at the other teams. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard had sat a whole season out. Paul George sat a whole season out. I think this is a growing problem. And luckily, the NBA builds stars like no one has ever seen in their lifetime. They make stars out of thin air. They can promote things like no other. They can promote star players like no other. And they're not going to promote small market teams, but they can promote the hell out of star players through social media and all that. But, man, they have to figure it out because – Look, look at what hockey did on its first year or first year back on ESPN. It is fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. And they are on such a low low uh, cap, cap space, cap payroll, all that. They are absolutely killing it. These are the highest numbers hockey has had since the prime days of Boston versus Chicago in the Stanley Cup final in the 20, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011, and between Detroit and Pittsburgh when they're going off, going against one another. And These are the best is, ratings since then. This is also the first Stanley Cup final that's been on, completely available on network TV. You don't have to have cable to watch it. You don't have to watch it on ESPN, Peacock, NBC Sports. This is the first time that we're actually getting a national audience for a true national audience for the hockey, the Stanley Cup final. And I agree with like, I think the NBA finals did well, but if you're the NBA, you're going to be compared to the NFL because you're the next biggest one. And if we look at those numbers there, we don't want to. basketball guys don't want to look at those numbers. Basketball guys make more money. They're considered better looking. They're better athletes. All of that stuff. They're six ten and 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 walk around and they're marvels just to look at. But the one thing that football has, the one thing that hockey has, and what now baseball and basketball are lacking is the fully guaranteed contracts. There's no incentive to win, and and like you said, there's no incentive to play through injury. If you get a win bonus after every game, yeah, I don't think that. I mean, the, the players' association is never going to allow allow that to happen because. They're all for just allowing guys to make money while sitting on their couch. That's that's what the players' union is there for. But that's there's got to be some sort of like what they've been doing with the All Star game. You got to find a way to incentivize people playing hard. Otherwise, you get the Pro Bowl and Mac Jones running for a 47 yard touchdown when half the defense is jogging off to the sideline. Like this is most of these games were a joke, other than the ones where Golden State was able to put on a clinic. But, yeah, I, I would say that most of these games were just atrocious, too. As you look at the headlines like across any sports channel, it's not talking about it's not talking about the NBA playoffs. It's talking about goddamn training camp. Look, I get it. Football trumps all. I get it that the NFL is, is God, God mode compared to these leagues. But at some point, you have two of the biggest markets in the world, mm-hmm. Boston and Golden State or San Francisco, whatever you want to say. Boston and San Francisco. And we, we are, and we're getting blowouts where people are tra- changing the channel and by the third quarter, that's gotta be personal. That's gotta be things like, come on, we have to. Adam Silver has a, a unique opportunity to be like, man, how do we fix this? Because it's, I don't know if it's decreased games. I don't know if it's incentivizing players to, to, to be Ironman players because they're, they're like, I, I, I would be hard to find. It'd be hard to hard. To, I don't know. There may be one that I may be missing. But it'd be hard to find a guy that played all 82 games the last two or three years. I mean, I bet there's one out there, but it's hard to probably find one guy who's played all 82 games back or back to back years, probably three years in a row. I guarantee you there's maybe one, and I don't know the name, but there's probably not many. And that's a problem. That's that's a problem for the game. And I, 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 I basketball will never die. There's it is one of the grow, biggest growing sports worldwide that we've ever seen. It's the still Europe, comfortably number two of the, big, of the still, major market. Yeah, major abso- 
absolutely is comfortably number two. Like the, 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 the world, it's become a world's game. Like, look, soccer is a world's game. One thing that football can't do and it's going to struggle to do continually has become a world's game because of the amount of talent here in, 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 the, in the United States. Everywhere else in the world, people are picking up basketballs, kicking soccer balls around, or sorry, football balls around, and then that, and, that, and that's the two sports right now. So you have a unique opportunity to grow the game. I just would like to see guys take it more personally, right? Take it more personally, play through things. We're in an age of, 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 of just making your career last longer. Do you know what the NFL stands for? Not for long. Yeah. Not for long. And you know those guys that win a ring, that play three or four years, they're set up for life. And these NFL NBA players are just trying to make it a few years in the league. And that's, mm-hmm. and look, obviously you want to have as long as your career you want, but at some point you got to be like, man, what, am I really making the most out of this? Because there's teams hurting because of it. There's a reason why small market teams are still un able to to, to to be promoted the right way because we have the fuck we have fucking analysts talking about a Lakers coaching hire on, on the goddamn pregame show of game three of the NBA finals. Like come on. I don't care about Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook during game three pregame show of the NBA Finals. I don't care about that. Tell me about the storylines of the game. Tell me about where Tatum and where Steph Curry's head, heads are at. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what those teams that didn't even make the playoff playing game are about. There has to be a, there has to be a change, and I think that starts with, with Adam Silver. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, Adam Silver, aside from Dana White, probably the best promoter of single stars, I agree with you in that regard. And doing it, Miles, like we talked about how well the Stanley Cup finals are doing. They do it in spite of the commissioner because Bettman, uh, other than inviting Charles Barkley to to game three out in Tampa and sitting up in his box there, you can tell he just wants this thing. He just wants to go as as long as possible. That's why we saw the referees swallow their whistles at certain times in game three. Uh, But before we get into the series, going to mention this. We talked about it a little bit when it was coming out. But uh, the unrivaled documentary between the Colorado Avalanche and Detroit, Detroit Red Wings drops on Sunday. I've been seeing clips. I saw the clip today of Shanahan and Waugh charging each other at center ice where Waugh decided to leave the crease and Vernon was too fat and slow to get down there. Uh, one of the greatest moments that I can remember in, in sports history, especially no, the just- greatest, the greatest fight in probably hockey history is Dominic Hasek and Patrick Wall meeting in the middle of the ice. That mm-hmm. it is when those two drop gloves, that was probably still the greatest fight in hockey history. And it's a, it's a series that, that obviously it sucks. That's still not around because Detroit no longer is in the West or in the East. Um, and Detroit hasn't been relevant in 10 years hey, and they got, years Calder, they, they got a Calder trophy winner now that that most cedar guy is pretty solid so th- yeah. they have a bright future there's no doubt about that so maybe they'll get good eventually but yeah when the abs were when the abs were good the the, the red wings weren't good and and when the red wings were hot when they're playing pittsburgh in the cup final two or three years in a row the Avs were obviously nowhere to be seen. So it's unfortunate that that's no longer the, the rivalry we see anymore, but no, it's, it's when people say, what is the great, one of the greatest rivalries in sports? I always point to this one because of the bad blood it was. Yes. This may not be Boston versus New York, the Yankees and Red Sox. Yes. This may not be the Lakers versus Celtics, it, it, but it is as good of a hockey rivalry as you will ever have. And the game will ever see. I don't, 
care about goddamn Boston versus Toronto anymore. You want to talk about blood? It, it was Colorado. It starts with Colorado versus Detroit. It was a total, like, where you were born decided your battle lines. It's like one of those – it reminds me of a college football rivalry, like the Michigan-Ohio State, where totally based on geography is how you saw that. Because, honestly, when you watch the play, I could see why Detroit fans hated Claude Lemieux for that hit. Like, it wasn't the greatest hit along the boards. It definitely was dirty. But what a piece of trash move for McCarty to deck him before dropping the gloves and punch him in the face with the gloves. And then as he's laying down with his head between his arms, continue to try and pound his head through the ice. So there's fault on both sides, which is a good segue here uh, to what we're going to talk about. And that is the Stanley Cup final between the Eastern Conference champion Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche Western Conference champions. We're going to start back at game one, overtime thriller. Started off like uh, things were going to go more than smoothly, but Tampa Bay showed why they are the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions. Had a nice little move, but this was definitely a game where even though it went to overtime, Colorado was dominating, and it showed they got the game winner fairly early on. Andre Burakovsky nets his second goal of the game, and we're looking at the Avalanche once again defending home ice, winning game one of the series, and moving on with an advantage that they were able to acquire in the regular season and continue to hold that, and they still hold that over the Tampa Bay Lightning, even as where we sit now. But game one, what did you see in that one? We talked a little bit about it with We the Thunder last Wednesday directly after the game, but now going back and, and looking at this performance, do you agree with me that it was basically avalanche domination other other than a bad second period? Yeah, that second period obviously is where the snooze fest happened. But, um, no, I, I when we were when we went on there um, – Post game show or whatever, whatever they do over there, I, I said it best. It was a, it was a culture shock, not not necessarily a culture shock, but a, but a breath of not so much air is what I like to say. You walked in the arena, the place is buzzing. You have the white pom poms in the stands that makes it look like snow is coming down on you, and, and you ha- and you have that high altitude get to you. There is no better, uh, um, there is no better home ice, home court, home field advantage than altitude. If you've never played here, trust me, you don't ever want to play here. There's a reason why so many players, whether it be NFL, NBA, or NHL, baseball is the one sport where it helps you. One of those three sports that don't, they don't come play here. Like, like some players just take the night off, whatever, because the altitude gets them so damn quick. Mm-hmm. And Look, 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 the team came out fine. Absolutely came out fine. But like I said, the play, the X factor of that game one was the best player on the ice. wasn't even close. It's Valerie Natushkin. Natushkin, what, what, what he did in game one, what he's done through three games thus far, has been the guy. Like, we're talking about a guy who was drafted top 15 um, mm-hmm. in 2017 or maybe it was 2016, whatever it was, by Dallas that got sent to the sent to the minors. They said, fuck it, I'm going to KHL, worked his way back up on the roster, got here to Colorado, and found a home perfectly, pairing with Landy and and the, the one, two, one of the two greatest players in the world right now, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. So it, it, it's a match made in heaven for him right now. And, and look, I saw a lot of domination when 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 Tampa Bay was here in Colorado. Like, like we 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 dominated, in my opinion, outside of those few minutes. I obviously there's a whole lot of bias coming from me here, but in my opinion, we have not gotten beat. We no. we we have shot ourselves in the foot. 
There is zero doubt who the better five-on-five team is. Zero doubt. And it's oh, not yeah. even close. It, it, the, it, only, the only reason why this series isn't 3-0 is because of number 88 between the pipes and our little problem we have between the pipes. That's the only reason why this is a 2-1 series. Everyone is thinking this is something. Because right now, we are skating circles around every single defender you have. Victor Hedman was a minus five against us in game seven. He's a minus three total this series. That is your that is your Norris finals, by the way. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the guy between the pipes, it'd be a little bit of a different story. That's all I'll say. And, and look, the that game, that game one, we shot ourselves in the foot. We had some dumb penalties and let them get in. And, and look, the um, um, Mosier said it best this morning when I was listening to them. He was like, Kemper gets in his own head. Once he sees one in, it, it, it's almost as if another one's automatically going in. That, 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 that's the, that's the bad and that was the unfortunate it. part because that's... he's he normally gives up one where it's bad puck luck or it's a bad bounce. Like, go back to the Nashville series. Almost all the goals that we saw the Predators score where they were taking leads against the Avalanche were going off a defenseman's stick and fluttering over the top of his shoulders. So as bad as I – don't give – don't let him totally off the hook, Avalanche fans. I'm not saying that. Oh, and, and I still stand by – do you think that he's going to be playing game four? No, he, 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 he needs to play game four. If he, I, I think if he has another shit performance, then you go to Frankie. But oh, you, this- you can't you can't go away after one game. There is only look, let's let, let's not forget all you Tampa Bay fans. Only one goalie in this series put up a shutout. Only one. And not your guy over there that, that's averaging currently up to four goals a game thus far through three games. The guy you said, oh, he'll never get three goals on him. Okay, all right. The guy who who going in, who who, who let in seven, let in three, and then let in another two. That's not your greatest goalie in the world, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, your goalie is 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 only sitting on his head right now because the Avs keep shooting themselves in the foot. That's exactly what it, what's happening. There is, uh, I think, in my mind, no doubt. And that game one, the momentum carried over from the overtime win. Burkowski, like I said, the hero in that game, but it came at a price. He, uh, in game two, he came out flying, scored early. Nachushkin got things going. He had two goals and was the first start of the night, but that was where you saw the momentum carry over. And hopefully the avalanche keep that in mind because I don't think that they came out that on Saturday. I know I wasn't expecting seven, nothing in game two. I was, I was listening to all the the pundits and all the media say that Tampa Bay was going to be a different team. And they were, they were the completely opposite of what they've been for the last two seasons. This was the first time that we saw Tampa Bay go back to that Columbus series where they had the mindset of, we literally can't do anything to stop these guys. So we're going to try and goon this up as much, much as possible. I said with those guys on our show, I said on their show, I don't think Tampa Bay is quote unquote dirty. Now that I'm seeing it in this way, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, Corey Perry has been dirty for a long time. Kucherov isn't the cleanest player. and, And I think, you know, if you win, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. On uh, that's my thought on the cross check. Was it a penalty? Yes. Was it supposed to be called? Yes. Do I really feel that bad for Nikita Kucherov right now? No. But oh, that, well, I mean, that penalty should have that that that, uh, that uh, injury should have never happened. I he mean, should have been in the box. Yeah, should have been in the box. So you want to complain a box about it? How about running a guy's head into the wall? Because it's Josh Manson. Who gives a fuck about Josh Manson and his head getting run into the boards? Because it's Kucherov. Let's let's just go ahead and say. Go and say, go ahead and say, well, that guy should get a penalty because of it. There's oh, a reason why. A they wanted 
They wanted there's a fine a, and suspension, too. There's a reason why the NHL didn't do it, because it's exactly. a Stanley Cup final. This is the playoffs. Suck it up, Bolts fans. I'm sorry, but this is this is how the playoffs go. You ain't going to have little filthy puffs around here swinging for the fences. You're going to get fucking right-handed by Logan O'Connor in the face, and you're going to like it. Oh, yes. I love – that was – we talked about the, the fight. It wasn't on the same level, but that – Game three, we, we can kind of skip over game two because game three we is, fu- is it was a fucking domination and that team didn't show up. And Vasilevsky for that fucking work. That's all you need to know about game two. I honestly thought when Kale scored that shorthanded goal and the beautiful puck movement, I thought that was going to be the breaking point of the series. But I'll give the Lightning credit because game three, they came back. And initially, I mean, it was just bad. That was the first spell of bad luck that we saw the Avalanche really fall into in this series. They got the bow play where it's literally millimeters we didn't even get the camera angle on the broadcast. They didn't have a camera set up on the blue line for the Stanley Cup finals. We didn't even get the camera angle to show it. It felt eerily similar to that. Remember when Landy got called for being on the ice when he wasn't really on the ice or offside in San Jose a couple of years ago. Um, so that's what kicked things off. The Chushkin's goal then is disallowed. And Anthony Sorelli, who hadn't scored in eight games, Misses his deke, loses the puck, but somehow is able to get it to go in between Darcy Kemper's legs and totally fooled him. And that's where the wheels really started to come off because Darcy Kemper was in in his own way after that point. He could not stop a beach ball if he was playing on on one of the mini nets, one of the little ones that you just chip the puck into. He was going to let up as many goals as Tampa Bay was able to get shots on him. But here's a couple of things that I, I reminded myself of last night after watching the game, interacting with We the Thunder, and, and trying to wrap my head around things. That's the first time Tampa Bay's beaten us all season. Yeah. We won both games in the regular season. Granted, one was in a shootout, and that was an epic shootout. It was a great game. We won by a goal in the regular season finale when that game got rescheduled. And up until this point, this is the only time where you can say the Tampa Bay Lightning won against Colorado Avalanche. Now, mind you, I said won, did not beat. Think about the goals Let's just put it, put this in perspective. I have this exercise that I'm going to drop on you. Think about the goals that the Lightning have scored so far in this series. Other than Andre Palat and Nikita Kucherov, right now I think you could say probably twice have set up some pretty really dangerous scoring chances. Other than those two goals, what goals have you been really impressed by? I mean, you got Mikhail Sergachev flipping it in from the blue line and Darcy just losing it, not, not paying attention. Uh, I'm not going to really count, like, the Maroon goal, okay, that was a defensive blunder. Like he, he should not have been left alone that far down close to the net. Are, are you in agreement with me? Like I haven't seen the Tampa Bay Lightning put one in the net consistently on, on a really dangerous chance. There was a lot of things, a lot of chances Tampa Bay got that were like, oh, fuck, come on, why'd you do this? Like whether it have been that dump off by, Jack, I think it was Jack Johnson behind no, him Manson. or the, it was Manson, Manson. Manson dump off behind him directly to the player and then losing the guy in front of the net and a one-timer literally with no one around him. And then whether, whether, whether it be uh, – uh, Stamkos standing in front of the net doing a pirouette. Like, like there, there was a, there was a lot of plays there where I was like, like what what are we what are we doing? Now? And the, if there's one there's one caveat in all this is they have had won seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Let's not that's forget a, that seven in a row. That's the first time we had lost on the road. Seven in a row, first loss on the road. All you needed to do because you took care of business at home, is the same goal in mind. You knew what it was going to look like when you went to Tampa. Everyone did. I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised it was six to two, but I wasn't surprised by that performance, not in the slightest. And that's why I'm not freaking out. Everyone else is like, well, Tampa's won the series. 
The, do you, uh, the, okay, are we New York? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure, obviously, we only had the two, are we, uh, we only have the two power play goals in game three, but do you not remember what the fuck we didn't do more than two? It's not like this team doesn't have any offensive firepower. And oh, number 91 is skating now. And number 95 is getting treated back. So you have some other things coming for you. You may get the season two, too. I, will, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you do. But then, oh, you got, then you're going to a place that is a little bit different than little Madison Square Garden that, doesn't, that's, that their home team is not a hockey team. People go to that arena for one thing and one thing only, and that's to see the next basketball. So this is a different team. And the same goal in mind, you win one, and you come home, and you finish these fuckers at home. That's exactly the mentality these guys have. You knew, I knew we were going to lose game three because you look at this team. They're the back-to-back to the Vegas Stanley Cup champions. You go to an arena that is rocking, absolutely one of the best arenas in, in the Amelie Center, one of the best – Arenas of the hockey in the Omelette Center. You knew that city was going to rock, and you knew their fans were going to be going nuts. You knew you were going to get a Vasilevsky game. The question yeah. is, can you do it twice? Because one thing, one, one thing no team has done at all in the playoffs has beat this team twice in a row. You, now, it's hard yeah. to beat Vas- it hard to beat Vasilevsky twice, but it's even harder to beat us, too. It's just as hard. And, and we have – look – I, I am going to be very surprised if, if this team performs like it does in game three. Very, very surprised because the dog has not eaten. The dog has not eaten yet. You are having performances from guys that are not the guys on this team. Kevin McCarr has had his game. It's time for number 29 to get his because there's a reason why he is a top three center in this game right now I'm behind Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. And it is in that conversation. There's a reason why he's there. There's a reason why he, he's the dog and the guy that has led this team out of the gutter that everyone put the backs on. He hasn't been unleashed yet. He hasn't yet. Oh, that's less good. That's not that. No one has the speed Nathan McKinnon has. And the new Norris winner, Kim McCarr, is chomping at the bits to get some more. The play he made at the end of that third period, yes, it went under notice because the game was 6-2. But that play he made, there's no reason for him to dive like that on a loose puck and and stop the pass going from middle ice when you're down 6-2. It's a different mentality, this team. You can punk us once, but you ain't going to punk us twice. So I, I, look, I could not be more confident in this team. Look, I, it's cool. I'm glad you got one game because that all means I get to see a Stanley Cup raise now. I wanted you to win. Selfishly. Selfishly, I wanted you to get a game. Selfishly, yeah. I did. Hey, selfishly, also, I wanted you to I wanted you to give a game where you, you got to the avalanche a little bit. And I wanted to see how the avalanche were going to respond. No cup champion. Let's put this into perspective. You want to know the Colorado Avalanche's record so far this playoffs? You you know it off the top of your head? It's like like 14 15 and, two. and 3. So t- 15 and 3 now cuz they won oh, or, no. they won games yeah. 1 and 2. Actually, it's probably yeah, it's it's uh 14 14 and 3. God damn it. Math is kicking my ass tonight. I don't I don't know what's going on. They're 14 and 3. They have only lost thus far in the playoffs in the Stanley Cup final three times total. And every time we said the team kind of had the upper hand on them, kind of outplayed them in certain spots. I wouldn't even say that the Tampa Bay Lightning really outplayed the Avalanche. The Avalanche just – their defense every now and then just falls apart. You can tell that this team, they, they can play good defense. That's not their identity. They aren't used to having to do that. And, yeah, this is – I tweeted it out last night too. I'm 100% confident in the Avalanche still in a series because I think there was only one stretch of the season where they lost more than three games in a row. And we said all along at the very beginning of this playoff series, 
you're going to have to prove to me that you could beat the Colorado Avalanche four times in a series. Four times out of seven, nobody's been able to even come close right now. The closest we got was uh, two wins against them, and Colorado was still very much in control of that series pretty much the rest of the way throughout. I still feel very confident. You're going to weather weather the storm, take the video. I, I'm sure, like Bednar, I have confidence in him now. He's proven to me that his system can get through to the guys, and the guys, even with his mild-manneredness, at, at the end of a 6-2 game, you expect a scrap, but you don't expect a scrap from two young young players. Logan O'Connor, I don't, he's probably dropped the gloves before. I, we don't get to watch a lot of the avalanche while where we live. So he's probably dropped the gloves before, but in that situation, he is, he's seen Cogliano get into it twice with one hand. He is sick and tired of Tampa Bay, quote unquote, trying to push the avalanche around. He goes and put, picks out the other young stud, Ross Colton, the cup winner last season and decides to put three right crosses right across his nose. He took a couple shots, but he didn't ever go down and then decides to just one arm shove him down to the ice. You cannot tell me Logan O'Connor didn't win that fight. The avalanche aren't juiced up. You just pissed them off. That's all you did. You better, you better hope that you can. It's a, I don't know. Have you seen black mass about Whitey Bulger and all that? It's a great quote. He's getting in the guy's face. And it's the best line that I've ever heard before a fight. Go ahead. Take your best shot. Take your best shot, but you better not miss because if I get up, I'll eat you. And that's what I'm feeling about this Colorado Avalanche team. They're on the mat. They're spitting teeth out. Eric Johnson only had like six to begin with in the series. They're spitting teeth out. And I feel confident that they're going to come out and, and punch Tampa Bay right back in the mouth. And are the Lightning going to be able to feed off the crowd enough to weather the storm that I feel like they have coming? That was Tampa's game. You said it. Vasilevsky was going to get one. I don't know if he's going to be able to steal two in a row, but Vasilevsky definitely stole that game, plus a bad performance between the pipes and the other net. In all reality, that game should have been about 4-2 instead of 6-2. Uh, there's – you, well, you right. make that Well, argument. it rains of pores. That's, that's yes. all I'll say. We kept on that. Well, it rains of pores, like we said with basketball, when the team gets down, it's probably more than likely done if it gets to three goals. The two-goal lead, obviously, whatever, for whatever reason, people call it the most dangerous lead in hockey, but it technically is that. So, I look – I, I, I stick behind my guns that Kemper should be in that because he's the guy you have to pull him because you have to get him to get his mind right. Yeah, you, you, can't, see, let him, you, you can't, can't let him, him get stopped into saying. oblivion. You can't yeah. keep, just let him keep getting stopped in oblivion. Obviously, Vasilevsky is a different animal, so it's a different way of doing things. You can let, let him get stopped for seven and let, and let him come out the next game, but Kemper is a different animal for that reason. Mm-hmm. And look, as far as I'm concerned, 6-2 isn't as, isn't as impressive as 7-0, so we'll see. I'll say we'll see uh, the, the calmness and the coolness uh, of this team uh, after uh, in the post game press conferences by McKinn, by Bednar, uh, um, and, and keeping things closer. Chess about Kadri and Burkowski. Who knows Burkowski's in Tampa? They're saying he's not, but maybe he is. Uh, uh, that's just that's the, the, the joker they have under the table. But look, this is a team. This is a team that has so much more power than you do. You have one engine over there. One engine, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Kucherov has not not even been your best player. They have one engine over there, and it's the engine. There's no doubt about that. There's It's the engine, but there's a lot of horses on the other side that are gearing to get one, too. So, I, I look, I said, I, I think we win game four. I think we have a chance to win in five, and then you have three chances to win. That's yeah. the way I see it. Three chances to win. And it is the hardest thing to do in sports is, is to close a team out, especially in hockey. So, you want to get as many as you can. Because, like I said, Vasilevsky is what? Like, like he's, he's won t- 11, 12 straight 
Close that games yes. or, or do that games. It's 12 Close. straight and it's uh, in the last six or in the last seven, it's six shutouts. The only team to score on them and close out or two teams to score on them and close out game was New York and Toronto. And it was one goal apiece in those closeout games. So you want to get as many chances as you can. So if you, so going, going into game five, going to two to two and game five is a must win. If you win game four, then you have a little bit of a little, you have the house money to play with. Obviously you'd like to win at home. We have a little more house money to play with. My last thoughts going into game four, I think the way Tampa played and the strategy that they played with is the perfect way to win a game. But this team has been playing so much hockey and they've played the most hockey other than the Montreal Canadiens in the past three seasons. I want to see the toll that that's going to take on them physically. They're going to have to pull all of the energy from the crowd and they're going to get it for a little bit. The Avalanche can weather that first initial punch. I think Tampa is going to lock up. They're going to be tired. They're going to be slow. Like Victor Hedman, we saw how slow and tired he looked in games one and two. He finally got his legs back underneath him for game three. But now what's he going to look like in game four? That's a big man having to skate a lot of minutes against very fast people. It's, it's going to break at some point. The dam, it's, it's bending. It's going to break through at some point. Uh, let's wrap up. Well, we got, we're going to actually have a conversation about the live tour for golf. You golf heads out there. And we got some other stories that we're going to get to, but before we, we wrap up hockey, let's go ahead. The award show was tonight. So we can mention the winners heart trophy and the Ted Lindsay. So the MVP and most outstanding player, both go to Austin Matthews. No surprise. Had a 60 goal season. I don't, I don't understand why they give the same guy both those awards, but it's it's fine. I, he deserved it. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. But that should yeah. be like the football MVP. If, 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 if I'm being ridiculous, stop me here. But that should be like the MVP and the, most, and the best offensive player award. That's all I'm going to say. I feel like it should be. The Art Ross uh, trophy, which is the most goals scored in the season, it went to Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, once again, uh, he basically kind of coasts, but his coast is playing at a higher level than everybody and then picks it up and plays out of his mind for a few weeks and nobody's able to catch him. He's just an absolute freak of nature. Then other notable winners, we said Marit Sider of the Red Wings won the Calder for the he, he had rookie of the year. 150 of the 164 votes. It was as yeah. uh, it was as one size as we get. Yeah, uh, I mean, first Zegers and Bunting were cute picks. Like Zegers was cute for all of his antics and the, the Michigans behind the net, but really, like Murray Sider was the the tried and true. He's a two hundred foot rookie. You don't really see that all that often. And uh, he, well, his name's Kel McCarr, but <laughs> and that's why he won the Calder uh, last uh, season. There's and and now that brings us to the Norris Trophy, which we mentioned. Kale McCarr won in the last three seasons, three full seasons. Kale McCarr has played because we can't count the, the playoff run in the bubble season as as a full year. But he won the Hobie Baker as the most outstanding player in the college tournament his last year at, at UMass Amherst won the Calder Trophy in his quote unquote rookie season in the NHL. And now in the year after that, uh, actually, two years since he won that, right? Yeah, two you years know, since he he's been in the, he he when we played uh, Calgary in the first round, that was his first playoffs. We played San Jose in the second round, um, or maybe it was someone else. I can't remember. Um, but now he's he's won three yeah, of the major major awards that he's able to at, at his position. I have to assume at some point he's probably going to be up for an art or not an art Ross, but a Ted Lindsay or a Hart Trophy because. The way this guy plays and everybody's starting to get in on it. You got Charles Barkley, who I think he's definitely a hockey fan. He enjoys watching. But when you got Charles Barkley sitting down at a panel and Chris Chelios and Mark Messier, two of the greatest that have ever played, ask Charles Barkley to take a look and see who stands out. And he goes, Rick Tonka told me to watch Kale McCarr. And I've watched Kale McCarr now. And he is the best guy that I've like. 
every time he catches the puck, it's like you got to hold your breath to see what's going to happen. And it's it's true. They held him in, in check game one, but games two and three, I mean, the dude was just all over the place and is playing at a, an unreal level. And he's raising his game at the right time. And my, I'm going to stick with my joke. I think the Avalanche didn't want to go this deep into the playoffs until a good amount of their core could actually grow a beard because Kale's starting to grow a little fuzz. Mac has a little bit more of a fuller look. Rantanen's always had that big finished beard, and Landy's got the ginger Swede going. But now these guys actually look like a true playoff team. Uh, but Kale McCart, Norris Trophy winner. And then last one we'll mention, Vesna goes to Igor Shosturkin. No surprises there. Nope, Especially when UC Saros didn't play for the last two weeks of the season and, and missed the playoffs entirely. Igor Shosturkin definitely deserving. Hopefully, I mean, for Rangers fans and, and for our buddy Peter, hopefully he's able to – back up this season it, it, it was kind of, it was kind of funny i was watching the awards and and they started playing the hey igor get off the stage music he he took about three four or five minutes of thank yous kill mccarr was like yeah i'm just gonna get up here get my award and get the hell out of here igor was like i gotta thank my mother she's been so good to me i thank my brother He's been so good to me. My other brother, he's been good to me. I think my sister. I'm like, come on, pick it up here, buddy. Igor, <laughs> just because you learned the one phrase in your English class this week doesn't mean that you have to say it 15 times. It was funny. I was watching it. I was like, Dude, they started playing music on that. <laughs> That's the, come on, pick it up here. Or what's what's that meme with uh, uh, it's not Tyler, oh yeah, Tyler Creator is like, pick it up, let's go. Like, yeah. like the, the, the screens in front of him are blaring. Pick it up, wrap it up, come on, wrap it up. So if it was yeah, a Looney was, Tunes cartoon, we would have seen a hook slowly go around his neck and then pull him off the stage. That's, stage yeah. that's how that's the only way that you're gonna get him to stop talking. But that was the major news so far, other than getting ready for game four in the NHL Stanley Cup finals. Still got a series on our hands. The Lightning fans were saying it after game one. It's a seven game series, still a seven game series, except now you'll you're running out of time to continue to say that because I, I feel like uh much like when an avalanche starts to roll down on top of you on the mountain, there's not a whole lot that you can do to stop it. I mean, some would say that there's nothing you could do, can do to stop it other than just wait for it to pass you over and hope you don't get buried too deep. Um, golf. Let's talk about golf because golf is exciting again for probably the wrong reasons. If you would ask a lot of golf purists, but it is exciting. The live tour backed by uh, the Saudis people's fund. I believe that's what, what the account is called throwing around money. Like it's nobody's business. You play 53 holes in a tournament. Uh, and I don't think that there's really a guy that can compete for a major championship playing on the tour. Maybe uh, DJ. If yeah. That. Maybe okay. DJ. Okay. Maybe. But yeah, DJ is definitely on a, a downward trend of his yeah, career. Yeah, maybe Brooksy if he has a day. Like it's some it, would it, say they're on the back nine. <laughs> Good job there. But, but yeah, no, this look, it's all these guys that are getting a back. Absolutely getting a back. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I'd do it for 200 million. I, I would. I would. I, if you're giving, uh, yeah, if you I texted two, you. If you put $200 million in front of me, there's a lot of things I would do. Uh, yeah. Charles Barkley jokingly said it on a Pat McAfee show. He's like, I'd kill a relative for $200 million if you're giving me it. I mean, I, I, I'd kill my favorite relative for $200 million. Like, there's a lot of things that I would I would, I would, would do for $200 million that I'm just not going to repeat. You can have a mind of your own. And if you're probably thinking about it, I'm going to say yes, okay? That's all I'll say. So, for $200 million, do a lot of dumb things. But, yeah, look, this this tour, I watched a little bit of their first one. This next tournament is in Portland, Oregon. It's weird because, obviously, the courses they're playing are not, like – 
They're like famous the courses. courses. You and I, the courses, the courses that we play that just randomly pop up in the middle of nowhere. Like they're, they're, they're real courses. There's no prestigiousness about them. There's no none of this that the PGA puts on. But the one thing, like like I, I text you this, he was like, "How do you compare this to everything?" This is as close to WWE, AEW as you're gonna get. You can even go say WCW, and that's if the wrestlers weren't contracted. The rest, each each individual golfer is, is an individual contractor. They don't have to play every 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 round. They don't have to play uh, um every, every every fight or not every fight. Every they don't have to wrestle every night. Like they. They do it at their own pace. If they don't want to play one weekend, they don't play the place. Tiger Woods has not played at, at the Phoenix Open since 2001, and he's been on the tour for 30 years. So, mm-hmm. so some some guys just pick and choose when they want to play. That's why a lot of these older guys are playing over there in the Live Golf Tour because they're getting paid fat money. They only have to play eight times a year with a lot less lot less days. That's the, if you tell me you're gonna get paid a lot, you're gonna get paid more than more than 10 times what you're getting a load right now. You have to travel across the world on our dime because golfers have to do their own way of traveling back and forth to tournaments. You have to travel on our dime. You get to play one last day of golf and you would still play major championships, which includes the Masters, the U.S. Open, the British Open. You can go list down and on. And they get to play all of those still mm-hmm. because they're not technically part of the tour. They're the, the 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 majors are their own little separate thing, which is really complicated to talk about. So I'm not going to go into the full detail, but just look at it this way: they don't not, look. The U.S. Open last weekend, it was full on live golf tour versus versus PGA, and, it, and look, the PGA tour fucking dominated. Yeah. Look, half of the guys from the live tour did not make the cut, and, and all the PGA tour guys. I just absolutely don't. the Wills Al Torres, the Rory's, the 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 the, the Colin Marikawa's, uh, um, like like the amount of talent still, the PG Tour will do just fine. But it is opening the door, saying you need to treat these guys better, and that's all I wanted to see out of this whole scenario. I don't care. I'm not gonna watch a live golf tour. I'm only gonna watch major tournaments and the Phoenix Open. Only times I ever watch golf are those times, okay? So it's not like I'm turning on, hey, let's go see the live golf. I don't give a fuck. Most people don't care. These guys are getting bags. I'm turning on the Masters. I'm going to turn on the U.S. Open, British Open, all that, because it's worth something. And it means a little bit more. But all it does, all, all we want to hope that it does is that the PGA Tour can get their shit together and realize they have the best golfers in the world. It's time to stop treating them like crap. It's, it's that's all that, that we want to see. All we want to see. Yeah. No, I texted you earlier today. It's a cliche in all of like the comedy heist or hostage movies. Like you tell them uh, outrageous number that you think there's no way in hell that they're ever going to be able to make this. And then they make that and add an extra zero to it just to show you. Yeah. We knew that you were what you were trying to do, but we have unlimited amount of resources. And when you're faced with a situation like that, I agree with you there. There's a lot. I, I, I get why people are going after Phil the way that they are because of the shadiness and like the gambling debts and, and all of that kind of stuff in his, his own private life. But come on, I, I see his side of the situation where he's like, you're going to pay me how much? 
yeah, I don't care that I just put out a press conference saying that I don't want blood money. I'll take your blood money if you're going to give me that much of it. I'll, I'll, I'll rinse half of it and still have more money than I was ever going to make playing on the PGA Tour for the he rest t- of my career. He took that $200 million and said, right, let's, go to, let's go to the club. Let's start yeah. dropping one on, ones on some girls and let's go, uh, let's go to the casino and try to double us on blackjack. And play, exactly 10 over on, play 10 over on some kiddie course that, that like my grandfather could have probably got so, at least close to par in. Yeah, so like I, uh, man, like I said, this golf tour, it's like I said, there's a lot of things I would do for it. Look, I don't, I don't hate those guys for doing that. I don't hate it at all. But there's an obvious, like that's the big question around golf. It's not about what the play is in the course anymore. It's about oh, you're gonna jump ship too. Oh, you're gonna jump ship too. And most of the top guys are saying no. Just treat me better. <laughs> that's all they want. That's all they want is just treat me better. And, and guys like Mickelson, I mean, look, it's it's not like. The, there's not Saudi money everywhere. Let's be honest here. People forget Twitter was first, first, first part owners were, were from Saudi Arabia. It is everyday use. If you're not watching the altar because of that, you got to start giving up a lot more things because there's, there is Saudi money, blood money all over, all over the world. And that's, yeah. and I'm not trying to get political here, but it's just a fact. And it's not like, it's not like those TV channels that 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 run the Masters tournament, that run the U.S. Open, don't take money from somewhere else, too. It's not like this money just comes out of thin air. Okay, everyone makes some sort of blood money. We're all not proud of it, but most of it is just under the table that people don't talk about. Because this is out in the open, the people are talking about it. But when you, if you show any normal person, you tell any professional. Hockey player, professional basketball player, professional um, um, football player, professional whatever player, you say, here's $200 million. You only have to play half the games, and all of your expenses are paid for. Everyone is jumping on ship. Everyone. Everyone. There's a, look, look, it, it's not even a question. Look, I, I, I look, I, I agree. The word, the biggest loser are the fans. It absolutely is. It's because, because when I turn on a, a tour, cha- tour championship fight or tour championship match on golf, I'm not seeing the best players in the world. I'm seeing the top 10. I'm seeing a bunch of scrubs after that because everyone in the middle of the pack already left. So that's what I'm hoping. All I'm hoping is literally a WCW thing where, wrestlers just jump ship because they got paid and it was something different and some of them were at the end of their careers and just saying, oh, let me go get a bag and maybe go see this new owner with, with, new, with more money and see what happens. Obviously, Vince buys them out so maybe the PGA Tour buys them out and then things get better from there and they start getting benefits. Obviously, you're never going to be able to outpay the Saudis because that's a different story, but you never know what the scenario could be. But if you're, if you're a PGA Tour I hope this just steps up their game. I hope it does because, like I said, I I watch one one PGA one PGA. Uh, I guarantee I always watch one PGA Championship every year, mm-hmm. and it's the Phoenix Open. That's because I went to it because I lived in Phoenix because of all that. I watch it every year. It doesn't matter what it is. I played that course. I did all that, and I will watch it every single year. It's is it sad that I don't get to see the top guys anymore? Yes, it is because that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it is seeing the top guys lose their mind. The Tony Finals of the world wear a Kobe jersey on hole eighteen or hole seventeen. That's the fun part of it. Golf, golf has turned into a sport that has become more fun. 
There is zero doubt that it is that, that, that the personalities, that everything about it has become more fun and more enjoyable for the average listener. Maybe that's because I'm getting older and I've, and I've started watching and playing golf more. Maybe that's because of that. But I like to think that golf has become more fun. And PGA Tour, it's time for you to do you to step up and get these get your get the best golfers in the world put in the right situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be able to add much more to that. I think it's, uh, like you said, there, it's like when we were trying to boycott China for the whole Tibet thing, and you realize if I boycott China, I kind of got to change my boycott entire life because everything is everything, everything is is made out of out of that place, and the Saudis have money pretty much everywhere, um, especially because we would just give them uh, – that's what foreign countries do with the, the U.S. currency, not to get – I am studying to be a social studies teacher, so I do know a little bit more about this. But yeah, it's uh, uh, more of a situation to where they held on to the money that we gave them for the oil, didn't spend any of it because they didn't have to. Everything was so much cheaper there compared to that currency. And then, yeah, that's that's what ended up happening um, with the Saudis. Last thing that I wanted to touch on before we kind of wrap up, it kind of broke right before um, the we started recording or got our stuff together for what we were going to do today. And that was Rob Gronkowski retiring for the second time. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not believing him until Tom Brady retires. That's all I'm going to say. I, I don't believe a thing Gronk says until Tom retires. Because it's not like if, if Tom picks up and says, hey, Gronk, what's up, buddy? You in shape? And he's not going to come back, okay? So yeah. I don't believe a second of it. So uh, congrats, Gronk. But when Brady, I guess congrats. It's yeah. kind of funny. It's kind of funny though. Both Brady and Gronk, when they did the retirement, whatever things, only mentioned Tampa. It's kind of funny. That's that's all I'll say. Didn't he? Did he put out? I'm sure he had. To he put did out when message, he retired yeah. the first time. But I mean, this one was all about Tampa. Tampa fans are the greatest. Uh, um, thank you for embracing me when I was little. I always wanted to be a Buccaneer. This, that, and the other thing. It was a whole little sob So I read it. I was like, damn, I'm all a Patriots fan. I'm hurt. Just like Brady. People like that whole region was shook after Brady didn't didn't mention them. Like what? I gave up the, the best 20 years of my life rooting for, for you. And did you just throw me away like trash? Like, I don't even matter. What, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I, like I, said, I, 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 I'm, I'm not believing it until it's Brady retires. That's all I'll say. I, 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 I think Gronk is still the greatest, one of the greatest tight ends of this generation. There's zero, there's zero doubting it. And that he was an absolutely, a Brilliant, uh, brilliant force of nature. That's that that just that just maneuvered his way around t- linebackers, safeties, you name it, around everybody. There was a reason why everybody had to double, double Gronk any chance he got. There's no George Kittle. There's no uh, um, um, Travis Kelsey's or, or, or Darren Waller's this world without the likes of Gronk and what he did for the tight end position, what he did to revolutionize it. All those guys now are basically replicate their games after him. So. He's a great tight end, but I'm not seeing it until I believe it. Yeah, I was going to say. Also, nothing against the guy. I have nothing against the guy. I'm just saying until Brady retires, then then I'll believe Gronk's retired. Now that I think about it, we gave him a pretty long segment of the show when he had retired the first time, and that ended up lasting all of, like, 18 months. Uh, even last, if that, yeah. He did WrestleMania, 
and he was like, "How oh, fuck it, I'm still in shape. Let's let's go get let's go get another ring." I guess we got to go do what Dad Tom and Father Tom wants. Let's go do what Father Tom That's wants. What I'm saying, I don't think he's done until Brady's done. He's not done. If Brady starts having a bad year and he doesn't have a tight end. Who the hell is he gonna call? It's not Brady. It's good old reliable, as SpongeBob did in, in that jellyfishing episode. He pulls out good old reliable fishing net, and there's good old Gronky back there for him. Gronk's just probably sitting in the net, just waiting. He's like, I knew you were going to call. I didn't even – I got your announced retirement, but I've been sitting here the whole time. Gronk is the equivalent to Shaq in this world, in football world, and that he can do whatever the hell he wants, and he'll make money off it. He could be, he could be a DJ. He could fucking throw nightclubs. He, he could write a book. He, 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 could do, he could do rap music. He could go host WrestleMania. He can do whatever he wants. He's going to make money off it. That's a, like, there's no one that, that – that that does what Shaq has been able to market himself of because there's no one in the history of sports, in my opinion, that has made more money off of his likeness than Shaq has. But Gronk is in the conversation of he could be that next person to do that. Definitely. Yeah, I, like I, like we you've been saying, and like we said earlier, great career, obviously going to be a Hall of Famer now, four-time Super Bowl champion, three with the Patriots and one with Tampa Bay. Um, but no, that's – I, I don't got anything else. You got anything else? We, oh, we talk- the other thing that came out was um, um, 20 of the 24 civil suits for Sean Watson were uh, ah. were dismissed. For all the people say, oh, he's playing this year. He's not playing this year. So, Browns fans, and look, look, we're not, we'll obviously break down all the divisions when the hockey's done. And we, we still got to do a baseball. Bengals draft recap. We got the Broncos I, in right I, at the beginning of the playoffs. I, I know. And, and then our team decided to go on a run. So yeah. that's, I'm that's totally a, fine with it. I told you. I, I, we'll, I we'll love make Cincy. Up for it. I, I love you. Cincy, but I got to go with my guys. Like, exactly. exactly it's, my home, yeah. it's the only team in my home state that I truly root for. So I got to go with my guys. I exactly. love you, Bengals. I love you, Bengals, Ter- Bengals country. Like, all four rule the jungle and everything like that. But no, the abs are, are my team. So we definitely will pick up the football. because Yeah, we'll talk all about that a lot more. But look, Deshaun, I, I, still, I think the Browns will finish last year in division. I think the Steelers will be better than them because they're going to throw out Jacoby Brissett for 16, 17 games, excuse me. And it won't, Baker Mayfield shows how staying stepping on the, on the field for them. So you screwed yourself, Browns, because you deserved it and you pay a man that much money. You literally just fucked the whole league. And look, they're saying it could be, it could be up to 60 games worth. That's one report I saw. That is six years, seven years. Think about it this way Calvin Ridley, who sat his ass at home all year. Didn't play a game because of mental health. Bet on games that he didn't play in. He got a year. A full year. Sean Watson still has four cases out there that are still being solved. 24 cases that went against him. And you're telling me he's only ah, he's got six games. No. He's not playing for you this year. If you're uh, Stefanski, you start giving Jacoby Brissett those first-team reps because he's playing all 17 games for you this year unless you can somehow repair Baker Mayfield, which that ain't going to happen. So it, it, so it, you're you're stuck and you screwed yourself, Browns fans. And, and look, I feel, not even Browns fans. It's the organization. I feel bad for Browns fans. I know you don't care about them, but I honestly feel bad for them. Because look, look, Baker was terrible last year because he was injured. But the guy led you to your first playoff game. He opened the coolers for you. Remember, you opened all those Bud Light beer coolers in Cleveland, Ohio, for you because your team won a playoff game and won a game in general for you. And he got you to at least the playoffs and beach and and had you beat your longtime rival, a team that literally stepped on you for 
30 plus years in the business where in the playoffs in Pittsburgh. And back to back weeks, too. And back to back weeks. And you just say, yeah, Deshaun Watson, we don't care about your cases. Here's $280 million guaranteed. You look, the organization deserves it, deserves everything they're having come, come at them because you did your team in a service, you did your, your fan base in a service by trading for this guy that shouldn't be nowhere near a field for everything that he's done. And you had a guy look, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is a great quarterback. I'm not, I'm, I, I thought he was good, I thought he was a middle of the pack at best. And I don't think he's even close to near the top 10. But you traded for a guy that has all these problems and gave him all this guaranteed money that is now going to screw half of the league because of the guaranteed money you gave him. Yeah. $280 million, all guaranteed, saying because, you know what, you don't want to come to Cleveland, we're going to make you come to Cleveland because you're going to get paid all this money. We don't care if you, if you want to go to Atlanta. Here's $280 million guaranteed. Oh, and we're only going to pay you $1 million this year so that none of that paycheck goes away. It's the, uh, one of the dumbest moves in sports. Yeah, and, and, there ain't, and there ain't no refunds. This ain't no uh, uh, go to go go try a suit at Men's Warehouse. They're like, yeah, this suit doesn't fit too well. I don't like the way it looks. No, that suit you ripped it to shreds. So there's no turning that back. You're paying full price for that motherfucker, and he ain't gonna pay. And he ain't gonna play. So tough luck for you, buddy. Uh, Sixty game suspension equals three and a half years with the seventeen game seasons now. Oh my math! So, my math is terrible. Three and yeah, a half. Yeah, I did. I divided it. It's it's roughly three and a half. It doesn't quite fit evenly. But seventeen games each season. If it is a sixty game suspension, which seems like it's, I, I think I think I, I think it's obviously going to be more money. Yeah, it's going to be. Like, yeah, I would love to see it for two years just to fuck them over and have them be Jacoby Brissett and deal with that. I hope it is. Yeah. No, it's going to be. It's going to be because because think about it. All those cases came out the last year. It's not like this all just happened oh, in the past wait. month. I don't know if you heard about this. There's now rumors and allegations that the Houston Texans paid for the rooms uh, that he uh, had some of these liaisons with, which is a 60. violation of the salary cap agreement. It's uh, you're now compliant in whatever ring or scandal was going on because you supplied the room and paid and comped him for it. And yeah, I mean, the the stories like I get. I, I get that that was going to be his defense is that he was going to come out and say, no, I never did anything like they basically he did what every athlete always does in this situation, which is terrible. But he basically said, you yeah, know, they all asked for it. Like, obviously, six, like, I was- six masseuses, 66. I get maybe five. <laughs> maybe if you, you have, have five, you have like maybe, you get massage. Maybe, maybe maybe you have some bad luck and you got traded or your masseuse got fucking put in jail. But and maybe five, 66 after fucking 20. There should be questions asked. Like well, after I mean, 15, 66 in a fucking year span. And no one said, Oh, this is interesting. I wonder why we keep letting him have his own rooms and just random masseuses come to his room. Like Nico, I mean, he threw a touchdown pass, getting kicked in the eye. That's why, like, that's the reason why Darren Sharper was able to be a predator for the six years that he was a predator too. These guys that are all pro level, we've talked about it for years. This is just like the most blatant it's example. Blood money. We were talking about blood money. This is fucking blood money. The Texans. Oh, you're winning us games. Everything else can be put under the rug. Yeah, oh, no, it's not under it, the rug anymore. While we're on the subject, Ray Lewis killed a guy. Uh, there's rumors that Marvin Harrison killed a guy, but guess what? They were all pros. So did anything happen to them? No, not not at all. Nothing was ever brought up against them, unless you like. 
unless there's video of it, talk to Ray Rice, unless there's video of it, you're not going to get sanctioned as much as you should by the NFL. Well, but, like, like, like put, this in, put this in perspective for a second. What Ray Rice did, right? What Ray Rice did was on video. Deshaun Watson basically did that the, the fucking at minimum of 26 women. And we're like, hey, here's $280 million for you. Like, yeah, well, even if you were like, even if you were like only a quarter of those are are actual legitimate allegations that we might have to face in court, a quarter of them would be at least 20. At least no, it's still a ridiculous amount. It's bull crap. Oh, it's oh man. I, it's tough. At least he's not. He's playing on the other orange team. He didn't go to the Bengals, which is what the Bengals like to do. Is when you have a. a you want to trade yeah, Joe Burrow for him, man? Fuck. <laughs> I would have gladly walked over to the Broncos if that had happened. If they traded Joe Burrow for Deshaun Watson, I would have just given up at that point. I have I four jerseys. Open arms. <laughs> I, I have four jerseys. I, I just got one as a gift, which has the Burrow with the EAUX on it. So I'll be rocking that this season. I would have given them all up if they would have traded him. That would have been the worst move in, in franchise history. So, yes, I agree Browns with you. Like, move in franchise Brown, history. Browns fans, I can see your pain, but you guys were also – like there was a good portion of you trying to justify the move when it did happen. So you're not all innocent in this. It's not like you guys were saying, no, no, don't come here. There, you, were, you were still thinking. Dude, you saw, oh, this guy can win his football games? Huh, this guy ain't going to win you football games because he ain't going to be playing in football games. So, eh, kind of tough, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, we'll talk more about that, and there's going to be more. Uh, I'm sure with this five-week break that the NFL takes in this time of year, we're going to have more scandals and, and stories in the news that we don't want to talk about, but we're going to have to. We're going to wrap things up here. We'll be back with you guys on Friday. We'll recap game, game four and look ahead to game five of the Stanley Cup Finals. But for now, uh, be sure to follow at FEOTB pod. We'll read off our other recent review that we got, but continue to leave five-star ratings and reviews and uh, subscribe wherever you listen, subscribe to the YouTube channel, tell a friend about us. We really appreciate all the support so far. It's uh, damn near two years. We're like coming up on, on two months away from, from two years of releasing this podcast and it's been a, a credible journey. So we appreciate everybody rocking with us for that. Myself, <laughs> Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryan. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode 95 for the Far the Bench Podcast. We will see you on Friday. Peace. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a final thing. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar belt Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it to heaven. Towing them pistols and serving them.